0: Well, it's a joy to be here. Good to see all the smiling faces. Amen. Some of you, I can't tell you, you got mask on. I remember when we started out, I kept wondering who's going to rob who, if you understand what I'm saying, amen. And so uh, I think you know what I'm talking about. That's the way it is with the mask. I want to say, as always, and I don't mean to just rattle it and just to say it and just to go on, but I appreciate what you do for us. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your understanding during this COVID Honestly, I haven't been to the jail except for one time, and that was right before Christmas uh, since March. And so now the COVID shots are coming out, and I'm trying to find out that if I can get my shots, I can at least start back there and uh, go from there. And so just pray with us about that. And uh, again, I appreciate what you do for us. I shared this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But when we were there, we had actually seven services, Outside, and um, it's got to be above 50 degrees, and it's just for those that'll come out. I think we had uh, two different uh, joints where we had the ladies that came together, two cell blocks, and then we had the men, two cell blocks to come together. And I think in that was only like three. But the Lord gave us 12 to be saved. And I was thinking about that, and I thought, my, my, that's one at least for every month. You know, we had surgery, as I said. I don't mean to wear that out to you, so forth and so on. But um, I started back, and then COVID hit, and hadn't been able to get back. And I look forward to the opportunity. There's some challenges with that, but at the same token, just to get back and try to help and reach. I've said this before, but let me say it again, and you'll understand some of my heart. And That is that right before Christmas, a couple of years back, I dealt with a man. Uh, he was uh, well. I dealt with the man. Let me just set like that. His fourteen-year-old daughter had committed suicide. I dealt with another uh, person that day, and her stepfather had taken and actually uh, took a knife to her face on both sides. And I, I don't understand. I don't know all of that. I'm just telling you what was said. I think about another man that that. I think it was the same day that told me he said, uh, I've got to get out of here. He said, I'm two years HIV positive, and I've got to get back to my medication. And, um, you know, what I'm saying to you, it's people. It's people hurting. It's people that's in need of, of the Savior. And so I appreciate your prayers that God will help us to get back. And then again, uh, the support. It's good to see Brother Wayne. I've talked to him a couple of three times, I think it is on the phone, but I prayed for him on several occasions, I'm praying for Miss Connie. And so it was good to hear that well, somebody was saved today. Y'all smile. You look Amen. better when you're grinning. I don't know about y'all, Brother Donald. I can't tell you if you're grinning or not. Amen. But anyway, I'm joking. Turn with me tonight, if you will. Luke chapter 2. I guess you think I'm going to preach a Christmas message. And <clears throat> uh, when you found Luke chapter 2, why don't you stand with me? This will give you an opportunity to uh, stretch and smile, and uh, we'll, have a, we'll read the Scripture, and then we'll have a word of prayer. We're going to start in verse 8. We'll get down through about verse 14. We'll have prayer, and then after that, you're at liberty to be seated. But look with me, if you will, in chapter 2, verse 8. And the Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And suddenly, there, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now let's have prayer, and then after that you can be seated. Our fathers, we come again to the throne. It's in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. It's with a grateful and a thankful heart we're by our heads. Thank you for this privilege. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Lord, likewise... It's a responsibility. Now, help me to preach, Lord. Help me to preach with the presence and the power and the persuasion. God of thy spirit, of you, Lord, please. I pray, Father, that you'll call to my remembrance the illustrations. I pray, Father, that you'll call to my remembrance the scriptures, everything that would be pleasing unto you. And, Lord, I'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. Grant us liberty. In Christ's name I ask it. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now look with me tonight. I want to deal with just one verse tonight. I'm not so much dealing with the uh, Christmas theme, but I want you to notice with me, if you will, down in verse 11. This is where I, what I have on my heart, what I want to share with you today. And in verse 11, he says, And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. No, no. I just gave you the wrong one, didn't I? Amen. But uh, uh, let me back up and find myself and get myself into uh, what I'm trying to say to you tonight. Amen. I- I'm looking at my thoughts, and I-, I just went blank as a bad. Amen. So bear with me and forgive me. A little nervous. Amen. A little nervous. Not too bad. Not too bad. Hadn't had too much coffee. Amen. Just a little nervous. Amen. But uh, if you look at this, notice with me, let's just start back in verse 9. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And, they were sore afraid. and the angel said unto them, Fear not, uh, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now that's what I have on my heart today. Uh, I want you to notice with me, we see the titles of Christ. When you think about titles and so forth and so on, you think about dignitaries, you think about important people and so forth and so on, are an important position uh, of leadership or whatever it may be. I think about what he says in Webster's 1828 Dictionary. It's a name of dignity, a distinction or a preeminence. Uh, it's given to a person or persons such as a duke or that of a marquis. And uh, we see in this passage of Scripture, we see three titles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me go back to the Old Testament and give you some more titles very quickly, and then we'll look into the book of Revelations uh, for just a moment, and I'll show you two titles there. But in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Now think about this. And his name shall be called wonderful. You ever called him wonderful? Have you ever just stopped in adoration and praise just to simply say wonderful and to bless him for what he is and to thank him for what he is? And then the Bible says, Counselor, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil, it shall be health unto thy navel and marrow unto thy bones. And God is a counselor and God can give us guidance and God can speak. He speaks to us in the Old Testament. He speaks to us in the New Testament. And it's just God talking to his youngin'. We can take scripture out of context. I realize that. But I'm talking about when God speaks to uh, his young'un or his child or, or to each and every one of us which are Christians. And God will speak. You can pray about it. You can seek his face. And God will hear and answer and God will give direction for you uh, as you have that need. And then he comes along and he says, the mighty God. Isn't he mighty? He sure is mighty to me if you think about it. The mighty, eternal, everlasting God of heaven uh, that created everything that we have. Hebrews chapter 1. Created this world and so forth and so on. And then he saw us long before we were ever born. And then he saw us under need and he spoke to our heart he gave a revelation of Himself, and He borns us into the family of God. Isn't that precious? Amen. To me, that's just wonderful if you think about it. He comes along, and He says, the everlasting Father. And He calls Himself the Prince, of, or Isaiah calls Him the Prince of Peace. Then if you look with me in, in Revelation 19 and verse 16, And He hath on His vesture and on His thigh another name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And tonight, as you think about it, I want to just give you just some thoughts in reference to the three titles that you find in Luke chapter two and verse eleven. You've got to find it again. You've got to get it right, don't? You? Amen. And he comes along and he says, "Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior." And then he says, "Which is Christ." And then he says, "The Lord." As you think about these three, may I say to you number one that it speaks of. Access or acceptance, it speaks of access and it speaks of authority. And that's what I have on my heart tonight. I want you to notice with me, first of all, the title of Savior as it speaks of acceptance. That is where we are. You you know, you think about Romans chapter 5, I believe it's verse 2. Romans 5 verse 1, I've quoted it a thousand times, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom also we have Access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have access to the throne to the heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll look at that in just a little bit. But if you think about it, may I say to you that the word "savior" it speaks of deliverance uh, to make safe, and it means to make alive. In the Septuagint, it actually means to escape. And so we look into a book of into the book of Ephesians chapter one and verse six. And he gives us these words to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. And this acceptance, we, we tend to think of being accepted, uh, so to speak, by friends and so forth and so on. But it's more than that. This acceptance, it, it, it speaks of uh, to grace given to us, but it also speaks of an endued with special, endued with special honor. And God does that for us. We were a child of hell, lost without God. And God comes along and He redeems us and He brings us into the family of God. Largest family in the world, if you think about it, or the world to come. And as you think about it, you think about some of the things that He's delivered us from. He's delivered us from the powers of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. He's transferred us out of that power into His uh, 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 into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood. You look on down, you think about Galatians 1 and verse 5, who gave himself for us that he might deliver us from this present evil world. You think about it, I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad to be a part of the family of God. Amen. I'm glad that I don't have to, yes, I'm in the world and we're in the world and we uh, we will be in the world, so to speak, until we leave this world or until we die but we're not of the world, if you understand what I'm saying. God does that inward work. He does that grace in us, and He saves us. And then if you will, if you'll notice in 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 10, we're delivered from the wrath to come. You find it again in Romans 5, and verse 9, much more than being justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath, the excessive anger that's going to be poured out uh, on the world during the tribulation. But we've been saved from that. And as you think about these things, Romans 4.25, who hath delivered, delivered us from our offense and was raised again for our justification. Now let me give you two reasons why, and then I'll go on. Number one, may I say to you, it's because of our inabilities. Now turn with me in your Bible to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. I hadn't used this in a long time, and you might not have read it in a long time. I don't know, Amen. But in Ephesians 4 and verse 17, he says, This I say therefore in testifying the Lord, that you henceforth, starting right now, walk not as the other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And that's exactly where the world is today. That's exactly where you and I were until grace comes and it redeems us and it brings us into the family of God. And if you'll study out the Scriptures, we don't have within us any ability to bring us into the presence of God whereby God will give us an acceptance. You understand what I'm saying? I think I'm saying that correct this evening. There's nothing that I can do. Brother Ed Ballou used to say in times past, you can't pop a do-better pill. You can't take a shot of be nice. There's nothing that you and I can do totally and totally through the mercy and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's where we're saved and that's how we're saved by. And so as you think about this, I think about, again, 2 Corinthians 4. He says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I remember the times that God would speak to my heart, but I remember the time that He spoke to my heart and I received Him. And He opened up my heart and He gave me that glorious light of the gospel and He born me into the family of God. And I say to you, number one, it's not because of, uh, or it's because, number one, because of my ill abilities, but number two, it's because of His abilities. And it's been a while since I've memorized this passage of Scripture I want you to turn with me, if you will, to 1 Peter chapter 1. And we'll look in verse 18 and uh, verse 19. And if you'll notice with me, he says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, and I see three things in those two verses. We're not redeemed through perishable riches. You know, people keep saying on TV and different things are on TV in different places. Our economy is going to crash. Uh, you know, I'm all for the $2,000 in one sense of word, the $2,000 uh, package they're trying to give to each and every one, I think it is, Maybe saying it wrong. Forgive me if I am. But we got to pay it back. We got to pay it back somewhere. I understand people across our country and they're doing without, and they're without, and they're hurting. And I understand that. But in the long run, America's got to pay it back, if you understand what I'm saying. But I want you to notice with me that your redemption and my redemption is not purchased through perishable things such as silver and gold. You know, you think about the gold that we have here and we call it 24 garret, 24 carat, not garret, but 24 carat gold. And then you begin to think about the gold in heaven. It's going to be one of the cheapest things. I guess there will be, but it's transparent and the streets are transparent and we can, transparent, if I understand it, we can look through it and see it. I mean, see through it. I just wonder what's going to be underneath it. If you understand what I'm saying? Amen. But God doesn't give gold and silver to redeem you and me by. I want you to notice with me, secondly, he comes on in this passage of Scripture and he says, uh, uh, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. No, excuse me, let me back up. Uh, From your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. This is what I want you to understand. He's talking about not only a perishing uh, riches, but he's talking about a passing religion. You know, listen, you've heard me say this before, and I say it with a little humor, uh, that on my father's side was old-fashioned Presbyterian. uh, And they tell me in the yesteryear in the old Presbyterian Shumack Church uh, over in Murray County that the ladies would take their babies and give them a bottle of water and a saltine cracker. Now, that's what I've been told and just set them up under the pews, and they'd take their bonnets off and sling them to high heaven and shout and rejoice. That ain't the Presbyterians of today, is it? Amen. It's not the the way of the Baptists either if you think about it, most of us, you know. But you know, they tell me about that, and then I think about on my mother's side, there was the old-fashioned, devout Church of God. The old-fashioned, devout Church of God, the preacher would not wear a ring he would not wear a watch. If he did take his coat off, it was always a long sleeve shirt. And he gave nothing uh, to project of himself, as I think, is, if I understand it correct. But you know, you put those two together and roll it down or roll it out, and you I joke and sometimes say you've got a good independent Baptist. But the truth of the matter is, my redemption is not handed down from my parents' and my grandparents. Redemption is personal. It's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and that and that alone. It's not that we add any works to it. It's not that we can do anything. I think it's Romans 11, verse 6. It's been a while since I've quoted this one. Lord, help me that I quote it correct. And if by grace, then is it no more of works? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more of grace? Otherwise, works is no more works. And you cannot mix and mingle works and grace together to come up with a plan of salvation. You can put oil and you can put water in the same jug or same can or whatever. One will go to the bottom, the other will come to the top. You can't mix them. You can't mix them. And that's the way it is with salvation. Grace is totally through the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed for you and I that we might have that access to the Heavenly Father. You remember that time that you were born into the family of God. Do You remember that time, that day, that moment. I remember that night that I got saved. I remember times before when God would deal with my heart and, and God would use me And yet I said no to the call of God. And then that night on a Wednesday night at the west side of Dalton, Mount Vernon Baptist Church, Lord Guffey was pastor, but he was gone in a revival. The man that I worked with, Brother Gene Hooker, he's part of our ministry. He's the man that won me to the Lord. He witnessed to me every day. He'd tell me about uh, praying for me and so forth and so on. And I've probably said that before. I don't want to be uh, so redundant that it's boring to you. But what I'm saying to you is that it was there that God was dealing with my heart, convicting my soul, and calling me to a place of repentance. And I had to do something that night. And that night when I'd done so, I meant business with God. I knew who had what I wanted. I knew what I wanted. And God saved me and born me into the family of God. And he done it through that precious blood of Christ. That's how I'm saved. It's not because of works. You know, I was at the jail. It's been probably a couple of years back. I was handing out calendars. And I actually forgot, but on the calendars, we also put the plan of salvation. And this one fella, he started hollering at me, no, 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 no. And I said, what, what, what is it? And he'd walked off and went to the back of the dorms and I'm up front and I said, what is it? He said, this ain't right. And I said, what is it? And he said, where's water baptism at? And I looked at him and I... uh, Because I said, all it is is a a calendar. And he looked at me and he said, where's water baptism at? And I said, uh, answer me one question. I said, what sin remains that the blood of Christ can't cleanse and it takes water baptism to wash it away? There's no sin that remains. There's no power in that. You're following the Lord in believer's baptism. That's what we're doing. The transaction of salvation takes place upon that moment, that place, that time that we put our faith and trust in Christ and we turn from our wicked ways and take Christ to the saving of our soul, Acts 20, 21. And so we see that, number one, we have this acceptance. We're accepted in the beloved. Now, you bear with me for just a little while. I'm going to preach here in just a minute, okay? But I want you to turn with me, if you will. I want you to notice with me here in this passage, he talks about the title of Christ. And this title of Christ, it speaks of access, accessibility, that that we have, that we can come before the throne of grace, that we can come to the Lord, that we can come uh, as long as there's no sin that hinders uh, or blocks the path of to you like that, Psalms 85, 6, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But we can come to the Father through the Savior and God will hear and answer our prayers. And if you'll turn with me, Hebrews chapter 4. I've quoted this to you on several times. I want to give it to you again. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, he says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, Son of God. He said, let us hold fast our profession. He said, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And then he says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And if you look in that passage of Scripture, I want to give you three things to think about and, and really just make mention of these and deviate and go to another passage of Scripture But if you look, you'll notice with me, we see his ministry for us. Notice with me what we have. He says, we have such a great high priest. There's his ministry, his ministry for us. What's he doing? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. It's the Spirit, you've heard me say this before, that takes our prayers up to the Savior, and the Savior turns to the Father, and the Father sends back grace and mercy to help in time of need. You've heard that before, but... Let me go on very quickly and say to you, we see His empathy for us. I'm glad that our Savior took on a wardrobe of flesh and and He lived that 33 33 and a half year life. And He knows what it is to have the pain and the struggles. He knows what it is to uh, have the temptations and He knows what it is and yet without sin. Every one of us, we're all sinners. We've all fallen. We have to have a Redeemer. But I want you to notice with me, you'll look in verse 15, and he says, touched with the the feelings of our infirmities. And that word touch, it simply means this is deep. Y'all ready? Hold on. It means to feel. And God's saying, I feel what you're going through. And then if you'll notice with me, we see not only that, but we see a sympathy for us. And in verse 16, he says that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I want you to notice with me, you see that little word help. And that is the last time in the New Testament that you find the word help. I want you to turn to the first time that you find help in the New Testament and you find it in Matthew chapter 15. Will you turn there with me? In Matthew chapter 15, uh, you actually see it, let me give it to you, verse 25. And he said, then came she and worshiped uh, worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Now, if you want to back up, you back up to verse 21, and we'll start from there, and I'll give you the outline that I have on this part a- a- uh, a- in this scripture. A- and the Bible says in verse 1, 21, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, Lord, O thou son of David. Now, let me stop right here and let me say something. You go to the book of Mark, this is mentioned again, but in the book of Mark, she's called a Phoenician woman. And as I begin to study about this, there's no contradiction. The Phoenicians came down into and begin to migrate into Canaan and begin to live there. And so her descendants were Phoenicians and she came forth from Canaan. And so we see that there's no contradiction in that. And as you look at this passage of scripture, I want you to notice with me number one, there's a cry. Look in verse uh, 22. And he says, uh, and she says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. I think about it here in the South and so forth and so on. We see her cry, but I think about here in the South, you can be 40 years old have three or four kids, been married 25 years, and you're still mama's baby if you think about it. That's my baby, amen. That's just the way it is. And uh, here she is, she's crying. Or at least I don't know, and I don't remember in the book of Mark uh, if it gives any inclination as to the age of this daughter. But here's a mother that's crying, and she's crying, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter is vexed with the devil. And she's crying about this. She's come to him. And then I want you to notice with me his conduct. And in his conduct we see two things. We see number one is silence. And we see number two is sayings. And he's silent. It's as if he doesn't listen to her. He's not, uh, he's not paying attention to her. And so I can see this little Canaanite, this uh, Phoenician Canaanite woman. She turns and she begins to set in on all of his disciples. you got to help me talk to him. Hey, speak to him. Can you talk to him? Can you put me in a good word? My babies? she's needing mercy. She's got a devil. And, oh, listen, have mercy. And I want you to notice the carnal reply. The carnal reply is to the Savior, and that's the disciples. And they said, she's about to worry us to death. You're gonna to have to get this woman off of us. We can't do nothing for her. She's gonna worry us to death. Lord, help us. Send her away. And the Lord's quiet. He doesn't say nothing, does he? And in this passage of scripture, if you'll notice with me, we see her continued quiet cry in verse 25. Uh, or excuse me, I, I've got the wrong one there. It may be. But he answered her. Let me back up. Let me let me just start in verse 23 but answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. She's on us. She won't leave us alone. Lord, this woman's got a, And we can't help her. Send her away. But have you ever wondered why Christ was quiet? He he didn't. and, And we know. He said, Hey, I've not come but unto the house of... Uh, of Israel, the lost house of Israel. And and she begins to talk to him and she says, uh, you know, she says, uh, look with me. But he answered and said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now notice with me, business is about to pick up right here. Because the Bible says, then came she and worshipped him saying, Lord help me. Now I want you to understand that word Worship. You know, when you think about it, we think about worship. It actually comes, if you'll study it out. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm just telling you what the Greek says. It's a dog licking its master. Now that's what it means. If I remember correct, I think I'm on the same word. I'm going by memory on this. It was actually two different words and it was put together and it came to be known as a dog licking its master. I think about over at Brittany and Josh's. We'll go over there, and they've got two labs. They've got a blonde. That's Daisy. And then the other one is a black lab, and that's Rosie. And I kind of preference Rosie, if you know what I mean. Daisy, she don't know when to... Get down. She hops on you and she gets you nasty and so forth and so on. Get away, dog. Get away. Get away! I don't want to deal with you, dog. But I think about Rosie and a lot of times, you know, we're just getting out of the car. And as we're getting out of the car, you know, I'll open up the back and and I'll start getting in what we're going to take in, such as, you know, clothes and stuff for however length of time we're going to stay there. And it never seems to fail. Rosie, she'll come up from behind and my hand will be here and I'm minding my business and she'll either smell with that cold nose or she'll begin to lick. Now I'm going somewhere with this, and I want you to stay with me. I want you to see the thought. The Bible says she, she, she's tried everything, and she's now couched. The word actually means to crouch down. It means to uh, to, uh, to bow down. It means to lick the hand of the Master. I want to say to you tonight, I think many, many times our prayers are hindered because we didn't stay long enough. I've said this before and I'll say it again. It seems like when God answers my prayers and answers them better, I don't know if that sounds right or not, uh, uh, faster is when I shed tears. When I start shedding tears, I'm opening up all of my heart to the Lord. And I'm saying, God, there it is. I'm not a perfect man. Far from it. But oh God, I need your help. Not to pick on the ladies, but to use it as an example. We can't, well, let me give you this example right here. Several years ago was right outside of Macon, and I was preaching a church revival. The pastor said, Now, I'll be by tomorrow and pick you up, and we'll, we'll go out to lunch afterwards, but we're going to go on visitation. I said, Sounds great. Let's go. What time? And he told me, and so he come by, and he picked me up, and off we went. We went this house, that house, so forth and so on. He said, Now, we're going to stop at this house, but it's not going to do any good. And I thought, Well, why are we going to stop then? We're going to get cussed out free of charge, get a gun thrown in our face, or what are we going to get? I don't know. And he said, this woman, he said, she got mad, she got hurt. Her and another lady in church got mad, and anyway she left and she went on down the road. But he said, we're at least going to stop and invite her to revival. I said, good. Knew what we was up against. And you know that lady come on that, it was Wednesday night, if I remember correct. she come to church. And I was preaching, I can't tell you what I was preaching on, but I gave the invitation. And as I gave that invitation, that little old lady where she was sitting at, they only have, if I remember correct, two rows. And I think she might, that might be three, I can't remember. But anyway, she come back from about where y'all are sitting at, this area right here. And she came forward, I think it was three or four more pews. And she grabbed this other little lady. And buddy them two went arm in arm to the altar. And they began to cry and they begin to pray and they begin to talk one another with each other. This one over here was wiping the tears. I call it the muddy Mississippi and the muddy Ohio. I'm joking when I say that, but this one over here began to wipe the tears of this one and this one over here began to wipe the tears of that one. And the service was over and most of the people was going home but they were still at the altar and they were still praying. And what I'm saying to you is that they begin to worship. You know, when we worship some of the things that mean so much to me and has so much value, it begins to move on out of the way, doesn't it? You understand what I'm saying? I remember when we were kids and Dad... We lived up on 225 and uh, granny Granny, and granddaddy's was right down on the dirt road and we'd go down the dirt road and there was the one-lane bridge there at Murray County and you'd go over into what was known then as Little Murray and we would go over the bridge and come around and park in there and we'd go swimming. Now that was our country swimming pool. It's, I think it was Jethro that would say that. And, uh, you know, we would swim there. And I can remember as a kid when you just... First start out into that water. You just first start out. It's clear. There's nothing. It's You know, the water's moving. But as soon as you step into it, it muddies up and it clouds up. And in just a minute, it's gone. And when you and I have been to the throne where we've just spent time to worship, like that old hound, that'll take its tongue, reach out, and touch its master's hand. And this is what she's saying. She said, Yea, Lord, of a truth, but what about the crumbs that falls from the rich man's table? Or not the rich man's table, excuse me, but falls from the table. She said, Can't I have some of them? Can you just give me a little bit of those crumbs? And Christ our Savior looks back and He says, great is thy faith. Are y'all with me tonight? I'm enjoying preaching, amen? I'm just simply saying something to you. I'm trying to get you to see something. I'm trying to remind myself. There's a lot of things that are going on in this world and we don't know and we're puzzled, perplexed, and many apprehensions and fears. But I know this. When I've got down and I've opened up my heart and I've just started to worship like an old dog that comes to its master and it licks its hand or licks his hand or her hand. That's when business picks up and God begins to answer and do for me and send that grace and that mercy to help in time of need. I want you to understand, listen, you think about this for just a second. I'll get off this in just a second. But can I say to you, not everybody has this access. Blame not everybody. There's a lot of people that pray. Can I say it to you like that? A lot of people that kneel or or pray or or ask. We're in Hong Kong several years ago. And I think about as we were walking around and we were looking and We kept asking them where all those rickety boats were, and they said they're in Hollywood. And, of course, they showed us some of them. But I remember walking around, and as we were walking, we come into a complex. It's an apartment complex. And on some of the doors, they had a red cross. And on other doors, they didn't. But I remember walking up, and there's a big rock. And on that big rock, someone had brought a flower, a bottle, Water. Some had paid, uh, put some change out. And I thought about what Paul preached to the unknown God or preached to those in Acts about the unknown God. And not everybody has this access that you and I have. And yet, at the same time, confessedly, many times I miss it was the founder of the Sword of the Lord. I can't think of his name. What was his name, Brother Wayne? John R. Rice. John R. Rice made the statement that the majority of his failures were because of a lack of prayer. And here, this woman just took the time and began to worship. began to say to him, Lord, please, Christ our Savior looks back and He says, great is thy faith. We have that access tonight. We talk about it. We preach about it. We try to tell and we try to explain and we try to be and we try to encourage. But you'll never know. I'd say it to you like this. How long has it been since you have been before the throne of grace? How long has it been since you have cried and called out to the Heavenly Father and God has sent back mercy to help in time of need? I I was preaching it today and I've said it before, but I think about different times in my life where God has been so gracious to help. I think about our third child, Jessica. She's grown now and I've got my grandson with me. And... uh, we were in Macon, in the Macon area. I was chaplain at the institution, thousand and fifty men there at one time, and uh, we had an insurance policy. We didn't think we was gonna have no more children, and lo and behold, Gail got pregnant. Her fault, not mine. Okay, I'm joking. Okay, and uh, you know, the insurance policy we called down to the. It's what was known as the Macon Coliseum, the hospital there. And we ask, because that's where she wanted to have the birth of the baby, and we ask, how much is the birth of a child? And at that time, you're going to laugh at this. You're going to say, man, that's cheap. It was th- they were known as the $3,000 babies. And if she had to have a cesarean, if, if she didn't have to have a cesarean, it was $500. But had she had, had to have had a cesarean, it was 750 well, that left me with coming up with $2,500. We had an old pickup. We just got the pickup paid off. Man, I wanted to fix it up. You know, I wanted, uh, you know, dual exhaust. and Well, I had that on there. New paint job, new interior, AMFM 8-track. Uh, hey, y'all will get that in just a minute, okay? I, mean, I wanted to doll it up. I wanted to put air conditioning on it. And really, I was kind of... Depressed for a long time, probably four or six weeks, about this, and, and I was, I was wondering how we're going to pay for it. And I thought, well, I'll just go out and put it on a note, and we'll refinance it and go from there. And God began to work in our life, and but God began to give us this church service and that church service. I can remember how Gail was pregnant with the, and she was our third child, and people would look and they go. You know, what they're saying is another. You know, I I really remember when we had Brittany and she was number four and they'd go, and they'd look at you strange like you were odd and everything like that. If you don't want no more, that's fine. That's your business. Uh, You know, but that's what God gave us. And we were happy. I don't want no more. I can tell you that. Amen. I don't want no more. No more. No more. But what I'm saying to you, how God in the next nine months provided that $3,000 in the church service and we begin to put back and this service and we'd pay bills and we were trying to raise our support and God came along and he done it. And it was probably six weeks after the birth of, uh, of Jessica that came uh, when she was born, we were calling down to the hospital, just tell us what we owe. We've got the money, we'll come down there, we'll pay you. You know, if you tell us, we can put it in the mail, send you a check. That's how good God was. And I'm saying to you, it comes back to licking the hand of the Master. Now, I'm going to go on. I'm just about through. Amen. May I say to you, you look at the third title, and the title of Lord, it speaks of authority. i give you this very quickly. I'm not going to go a long time into this. But I want you to turn with me, if you will, in Romans chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. And the Bible says, And declared to be the Son of God with power. How? According to the Spirit of Holiness, you know what he's talking about. He's talking about the sinless life of Christ, and this is uh, comes about because of two things. One, because of the Spirit of Holiness. When he, uh, it's not a capitalized in reference to the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Spirit of Holiness, and then he says by the resurrection from the dead, and so we see this authority that he has. Uh, the word Lord there is, I believe I'm pronouncing it somewhere near right, kurios, and it means master. It means supreme and authority, controller, and by implication it speaks of master. You find it Romans 10, verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as you think about this, I- I'm just about done right here, but we see Christ, because of his sinless life, is that Lord. And then we see Christ because of His resurrection. He is that Lord. Up from the grave He arose with a mighty triumph over His foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and He ever liveth with His saints to reign. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. Amen? Well, that's what I've got on my heart. Y'all bow with me. Let's have prayer. We'll go from there. Our fathers, we love you. We come again to the throne. Thank you for the liberty that God you've given us. And I pray now, Father, speak to hearts. Help us to respond as you'd have us to respond. And Lord, I pray, Father, if there's one with us that's lost, God, do a work of grace. Bring about that saving of the soul. Lord, if there's one that needs to draw nigh, it might be one that, Lord needs to worship. Might be one that's worried about that prayer, not answered. Lord, it may be that I or they or who, we've just not lingered enough at the throne. So, Lord, help us to respond as you'd have us to respond. Father, I'll thank you and praise you for all that you so kindly do for us, In Jesus' precious name. Heads about eyes closed. I'm not going to try to intentionally embarrass anybody, but I'd like to ask this tonight: Would there be one that would say, "Preacher, I'm not saved. Pray for me." Come on, raise that hand tonight. Would you? I've never trusted Christ as my Savior. You might be sitting there, and you might be thinking. Hey, you went through the motions, but you're just not sure it's really real. Would there be one like that that would say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. You may be listening in via the Internet, and I'd like to say to you, get this thing nailed down. Get this thing in your heart. Sure call the church talk with pastor talk with uh, our other pastor brother Jason but get this thing of salvation nailed down and find out that you have that access would there be a dad tonight would there be a mom tonight would you just be honest and raise that hand and say it's been a long time since I've really truly worshipped pray for me Come on, slip that hand up, let it back down. I'm cold. I'm not where I need to be. Pray for me. Slip it up, let it back down. Let us pray for you. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to come to uh, intentionally embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Our fathers, we come to the throne. Help us in this invitation. No one's made any type of move. God, you know the hearts, that that I cannot see, you can. Now you're blessed tonight. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. Help your people to respond in Christ's name.